Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. because the more she was telling her story, she was saying the girl was beautiful. A beautiful woman. A sexy woman. And I was like, well, most side bitches ain't even as good looking as the main girl. She was like, no, no, no. This one was beautiful. And she was a beautiful girl. So then Tanya's like, I don't care who Paul talks to. But can he talk to a beautiful girl? The man seeing a beautiful woman. And I was like, okay, you go, my bitch. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. Today we're going to be talking about the Real Housewives of Atlanta and the Real Housewives of New Jersey. But first, I want to talk about some of the things that are going on in the world of pop culture. I thought this was kind of a quiet week for Housewives. I didn't find either episode very thrilling, although there were moments. There were definitely moments. Uh, So I just want to mention a few things that are going on in the world of pop culture. First and foremost, our queen icon legend Jessica Simpson has revealed via People magazine uh, a very dark history in terms of her childhood. She had uh, some abuse, consequently leading to some alcohol and pill issues as an adult. It all is revealed uh, in an excerpt from her book. It's coming out in February called Open Book. And I'm so excited to read this book. This is going to be like a book club book for all of us. I cannot wait. Apparently, in the book, she talks about newlyweds. She talks about Nick. And she goes into her childhood, which is very uh, disheartening, and it's very sad to hear that she's been going through so much. Um, so I'm rooting for Jessica, as always. Of course, you guys know I love her. Hashtag Jessica Thursdays, nothing better. It's funny, too. I've been trying to get a signed copy of the book, and Target.com was offering signed copies, but apparently they only allotted like so many copies per state. So I was like trying to order one and it wouldn't let me order one. And I was getting so frustrated. Then finally I had to order one to my parents' house in Ohio, <laughs> which is like so lame of me. I, I like had to tell my mom, I was like, mom, if a Jessica Simpson book comes, she's like, Dan, why'd you order it to the house here? And I said, well, you know, there's only so many per state. And she's like, oh, so you got one of the Ohio ones, huh? Maybe you should move back. My big hotshot Hollywood son can't get a book delivered there. Maybe you need to move back to Northeast Ohio. <laughs> so she, she's going to have to send me the book. But I, I was like trying to get one, and I even posted on my Instagram account. And then somebody from Jessica Simpson's company reached out to me. So I might even be getting one. I might be getting two signed copies. Because I have one being delivered in Ohio. <laughs> and then I have uh, potentially one coming directly from Jess. From what I understand, somebody reached out uh, who works on her fashion brand and said that they love my Jessica Thursdays. I was so over-the-moon excited. And who knows, I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm very excited to read this book. I think there's going to be some juicy details. The press release, by the way, it said, like, Jessica's first book. And I was like, wait a minute, I have Jessica's first book. She had a wedding book. (laughs) I don't know if many people remember, but she had another book. She came out with a book. She did book signings and all in the early aughts. And then now they're pretending like that book wasn't a thing. Well, guess what? I have it on the bookshelf. So it was a thing. 
and uh, we will not have this Jessica Simpson erasure uh, happening in my, on my watch, certainly not on my watch. Anyway, I cannot wait to read this book, and I hope to God that they get me that copy sooner than later. I need to read it. And the one that's being delivered in Ohio, I'm like so concerned about because it's going to be delivered there, and then I have to wait for them to ship it. You know, my mom's going to ship a regular mail or something. It's going to take five days. It's going to be a, a nightmare I'm waiting. I'm going to have to order another copy. I might be getting multiple copies of this book. And then, as if that wasn't enough, I'm going to be spending hundreds of dollars on this book. As if that wasn't enough, I hear that the audiobook or, or some other form of this book is going to include songs. She's doing songs. She did like five songs or something that's going to be released with the book, which is a new thing for me. I can't imagine just releasing songs with the book, but I'm into it, and I'm excited that she's back in the recording studio, and I can't wait to hear that baby whisper voice singing to me. I cannot wait. I, I need the audiobook, too, and I need these songs. I don't know what the songs are going to be if she's going to be doing country. Of course, remember her last album, that country album, uh, excluding the holiday album, that country album she did, she said she was never going back to pop. I remember seeing her on The View, and she said she's not going back to pop music because her heart was in country. So now, is she back to pop music? What are these songs that are being released with the book? Are they going to be dramatic ballads? You know I love a Jay Simpson ballad. And she sings that, Take my path away. <laughs> or I love when she sings, I'm loving angels instead. I love it. I cannot wait. Uh, unfortunately, there's not a duet with Ashley on these upcoming songs with the book. But maybe we can get her back in the recording studio. We could get her to do a little ditty with Ashley. Let's get Ash involved. And quite frankly, I'm going to need a new book with Ashley Simpson. I'm going to need her to follow closely from Jess. We could call it Open Book 2. I don't know. I need a tell-all from Ashley, too. I need the whole gang. I need one from Tina, one from Joe. Uh, one from anyone who's involved, Casey, BFF Casey, we need some more information. So that's what's going on with our dear Jess. Now, also, Brad and Jen have been in the news. I got very excited about that uh, photo, of course, that was going around the internet. I posted on my Instagram, it was like they ran into each other at the SAG Awards, and they had a little moment. But then I saw the video of it, and it wasn't really a moment. They were just sort of like passing each other backstage. Uh, but I do think that it's interesting that they're running into each other. And I do believe that they have some sort of friendship or understanding, but I don't actually think that they'll get back together. I feel like there's no shot of it. I think we're all just sort of loving the distraction, right? So many dark things are going on in the world. It's nice sometimes to have something like that that we can attach ourselves to and get excited about that is not world news or U.S. politics that kind of thing. So I found it very exciting, but I don't actually think they'll get back together. I think Jen, how could she? He cheated on her and had kids with the woman he cheated on her with. So I don't believe it. I do feel bad, though, for the kids that he had with Angelina, because imagine they're like on the internet and all they see, there was like a full like three days where all anyone, it's still to this day, people are only talking about this Brad and Jen photo and them running into each other and are they going to get back together? And I think that would be so hard to see like my dad on the cover, not that Gary would ever be on the cover of Us Weekly, but you know, hypothetically speaking, to see my dad on the cover of all these magazines and everywhere on the internet with his ex-wife, that would just be so bizarre to see with his ex-wife who's not your mother. And then Angelina's probably foaming at the mouth. She's probably so fucking pissed. 
Do you imagine just seeing all that stuff with Jen? But I love Jen Ann. Oh, I love her. Love her so much, Queen Icon Legend. Morning show I thought was, she was fantastic in. And I got a lot of flack. I said online that Reese was myth- miscast on uh, Morning Show. And I love Reese. I feel like I shade her a lot. But I, I don't mean to. I really love Reese. But that role shouldn't have been for Reese. It should have been for a young ingenue. I, it was weird to me. But, you know, Reese is fantastic. And she produced it so she could do whatever the fuck she wants. She could do whatever the fuck she wants. Okay, so should we talk about Real Houses of Atlanta? Now, the episode was called A Hairy Situation, which just made me laugh. I like sometimes when I check out the episode titles, you know, when you go to the description, it's just A Hairy Situation. And I love all the wig drama. I do really love the wig drama. I do think we were reaching a little bit, but I'm excited about it. Last week on the show, Kenya proposed this information to the group about Tanya, you know, the, the cookie woman and the cookie lady. And Kenya was, like, hyping up this cookie lady. Like, you would have thought Kenya was the hype person for the cookie lady. Because she was talking about her like she was the most beautiful, stunning person in the entire universe. And not to say that she wasn't a beautiful gal, but she was, like, really going hard to present this cookie lady as the next Miss America. And I don't think she was all that much, but uh, I think that Kenya just wants to feud with Tanya. Tanya, I'm sorry. And uh, so Kenya told the group about this information and kind of alluded to it in front of Tanya. So anyway, this week, we open on Eva. Her kids are adorable. Let me just say that up front. Eva maybe has like the cutest kids of all time. Like they're adorable. I love watching them. But seeing Eva at her house, like slouched over, I know she's pregnant. Uh, the house didn't feel, and I want to be careful with this. It seemed like a, a beautiful house. I would love to live in a house like that. But it's not necessarily aspirational to me. And that is troublesome in my housewives. Like, I I don't need them to be super wealthy. But do you remember when we would take a little moment at Leanne's house on the Real Houses of Dallas? And it, it felt like, what are we doing here? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, I need to be inside of a house that feels aspirational on the housewives. If I'm watching Vanderpump Rules, I'm fine to be in a house with a window air conditioner unit. Or if I'm watching Summer House, I'm fine if they go somewhere that's a little bit janky. But when I'm watching The Real Housewives, I can't have someone just being like slouched over on the couch and there's shit everywhere. It just looks like an average house, uh, but it doesn't feel aspirational to me. And that's that's not no fun. That's no fun. And then Eva's talking about working all these jobs, and I wondered, is she... I know she does Dish Nation, and she does Real Houses of Atlanta. I guess that's enough. I guess that's enough. But it's revealed that one of her kids doesn't know that Mike is her dad. And so this is a storyline that's playing out. And forgive me, but I don't know why I'm having trouble attaching myself to Eva. And I wonder if you guys are having the same problem. I just, I can't get on board in that storyline I was thinking about. I'm like, that seems like something that is interesting and compelling, but it wasn't doing anything for me. Then we cut to the spa, which was a spa that we've been to six years ago. It's amazing when we think of how many years we've been with these women. They flash back to six years ago, and I was like, oh my god, that was six years ago? What? Where did the time go? But Candy and Portia, they're at the spa with Tanya and Marlo. I love that the spa just let them film again. They they shaded it again. like They said it looked like Orange is the New Black, and they were like talking about it. And then I remember they did that in the past, the first time they were there. And then the first time they went, they were like fighting and stuff. It's just hysterical to me that the spa was like, yeah, come back. Come back out in. Doesn't matter that you <laughs> that you annoyed customers the first time. Uh, come back on in. 
Um, so they let him back in there. And uh, when they were talking about it being like Orange is the New Black, they did a flashback to Portia's mugshot. And I truly believe that Portia's mugshot is one of the most beautiful photos of her. She looks fantastic. And she's also giving off a don't fuck with me attitude. She's like, don't you fuck with me. But in like a beautiful way. Honestly, like if that was me, I'd use it as my headshot. Portia should release it to, in the wild and use it as like her Instagram photo, her social media handle photo. I think it's a beautiful photo. Her, her hair looks fantastic. She's serving in it. She's not giving too much of a smile, but there's like a little bit of a smirk. I really think uh, everyone should look at that mugshot and study it because we never know when we're going to get arrested. Who knows? I mean, I don't think I ever will, and I hope I never will, but at some point, you have to be ready for it. And so I think it's important to look at that mugshot and say, okay, how would I do it? What would I do? And I pray again that I never have to have a mugshot. And I don't think I do anything illegal. I hope I don't do anything illegal. Although, do you ever go, like, when you're at the airport and you're going through security or something, and you're like, holy fuck, like, I hope I don't have, I don't know, cocaine in my bag. (laughs) Never done cocaine in my life. But, you know, you think that, all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I hope I didn't, you know, bring anything that's illegal. Uh, So, anyway, I I just hope everyone's prepared for their mugshot. You never know when it's going to hit. You never know what's going to happen. But uh, she looked amazing. The spa looks fun, too. There's a Korean spa that looks very similar that I go to here in LA, and it's just great. Cheap treatments. Fantastic. Anyway, they all know that Tanya is who Kenya's talking about. And, by the way, I love Tanya's Canadian accent. Every time she says a boot, a boot. I knew it can use a boot. I love it. She's such a breath of fresh air this season. I love Tanya. I'm obsessed with her right now. I'm obsessed with this cookie lady (laughs) they keep talking about. Now then, Tanya says she's got something on Kenya. And then apparently, Kenya had like left a package in Canada when they were on the girls' trip. And Kenya asked Tanya if she could bring it back with them. Now, Tanya, of course, knew that she was crossing uh, uh, country lines. And so she opened the package because she didn't... I feel like I'm slipping into Tanya's accent. So open the... <laughs> about... Uh, but she opened the package just to confirm what was in it. She wanted to make sure she was safe. Of course, that goes back to like the airport conversation. You know, you want to make sure you don't have anything illegal with you. And I would have done that too. I think that was okay. Ordinarily, I'd say that was messy, but that made sense to me. Apparently, though, there was just like a wig and a phone charger. And Kenya brags all the time about having real hair, but this was a wig. And then the Bravo editors, they're doing so much, you guys. We have to applaud them. I feel like we applaud them every week, but we have to especially applaud them this week because the Bravo editor showed a montage of Kenya saying that her hair is uh, not a wig. And it was just beautiful. It's just beautiful. But we saw the wig then, and it didn't look like Kenya's. Uh, and then it was revealed that it was just like something that she put on and then put her hair like over it or something. Um, but I'm very into this drama. I'm, this is the kind of drama that I love on Housewives. It reminds me similarly of like, remember on The Real Houses of Orange County when I think like Shannon took Heather's chair at a restaurant or there was like chair drama. Like I live for that. Or do you remember on the Real Houses of Orange County when that Sarah girl bit the bow off of Heather's cake? Terry, Tamara, and Vicky. I didn't do anything. What? I'm sorry, but that girl Sarah broke the bow off my cake and ate it. Are you f- kidding me? Are you f- kidding no. me? No. Don't. Who does that? Oh, sorry. Who does that? Ah, oh, I love that moment so much. Never forget. 
Anyway, then we cut to Portia and Portia's sister Lauren with Miss Diane. Portia's engaged again, which is troublesome. She was just on Watch What Happens Live. And it seems like she is not really in love with this dentist. And I think something else happened. I'm not sure if it was another cheating scandal or something. But when I watched her on Watch What Happens Live, I thought something else happened. And I think the blogs were talking about maybe another a new cheating scandal or something. Forgive me, don't take that as fact, because I don't know exactly what happened. But either way, on Watch What Happens Live, it seemed like she she was saying, pray for us, and pray for my relationship with Dennis. And I don't know, it didn't feel very strong. It didn't feel like she had a, a good relationship with him, and that worries me. And I want Portia the best for her. I want her to have the best man ever, and this Dennis is not it. It's not him. But uh, you guys, you know who is it? Miss Diane, I love her so, so much. I think she's phenomenal looking, and I love her personality. And she revealed this episode that a lot of men are after her. And what a queen. What a queen. Miss Diane, <laughs> two snaps for you. Two snaps for you. Anyway, then we cut to uh, Kenya and Cynthia and Candy at brunch. Kenya's rude to the waiters, you guys. There, I said it. She's rude to a lot of the waiters. She's just talking to them however she wants. And I don't like when somebody's rude to a waiter or a server or a bartender. You can tell someone the kind of personality they are by how they treat someone at a restaurant. You ever go to dinner with friends and they're like rude to a waiter or something? I cannot stand it. It's like it irks at me when I see someone just being rude to a wait staff. Ugh. And tip them well, because they're not making much money. But I can't say it. And I noticed this is maybe uh, the, the second, third, fourth time that Kenya's done this. She was kind of rude. And it was a little bit playful, but she was being rude about the crab cakes. And I thought, you know what, Kenya? Just take the crab cakes and be happy with them. Just, I don't need you being rude to this waiter. This poor guy came in for a shift. And then, you know, he just probably didn't even know what uh, Real Hustlers is. He might not even know. You know, those straight guys are dumb. They might not know. He might not even know. And he just showed up for his shift. He's probably... Didn't even want to come into work. And they're like, you know, will you mind filming? I don't think he gets paid. He's just going to come on camera and get their order. And he's not camera ready. It's not like he had his foundation on. Maybe he did. But it didn't appear as though he was uh, makeup ready. And then he had to get in front of the camera. And he's being talked down upon by one of these real housewives. He's probably like, what the fuck's going on? In the words of Dorinda Medley, what the fuck's going on? I would never shame you. I would invite you to my house and say, what the fuck's going on? Remember when she was <laughs> Cartagena? <laughs> what the fuck's going on? Anyway, uh, she was rude. This is sort of a boring episode. I mentioned that earlier. And here's the thing that I found out. The episode before the mid-season trailer. So this episode at the end... At the end of this episode, we got the mid-season trailer. So we got that big trailer that says, still to come on this uh, season of The Rouses of Atlanta. We got the mid-season trailer. And usually, almost always, the episode before the mid-season trailer is very boring. It's usually very boring. And this is no exception. And I, again, I wish I didn't know that. Because now when I know the mid-season trailer is coming, I think, oh, we're in for a very boring episode. There's certain things that Bravo does. They train us well. Anyway, Kenya says that uh, they talk a little bit about the wig at this uh, brunch. And Kenya says that she just put on the wig for the festival. Kenya's uh, definitely starting to turn on Tanya even more so. And this was when Kenya kept talking about the cookie lady being so hot. Then we cut to the pizza party for Eva's daughter, Marley. And I'll tell you what, I stand Marley. I like this Marley. I love a good pizza party. And sometimes on The Housewives, the women get... A lot of flack for having pizza parties for their kids. But I'll tell you what, 
the kids should always have a pizza party. All you need is cake, maybe some ice cream and pizza. And that's good for a children's birthday party. And the adults should be happy with that. I'm happy as a clam if I go to someone's house and they have a, a big old pizza and some cake. Oh, man, invite me to that party. I don't want to go to these parties where they got all the fancy hors d'oeuvres. I just need some good pizza. And I like when you go to a birthday party and it's cut in squares. That's what I really love. Because then I feel like people can't keep as easily track of how much pizza you're eating. Because when they have like the regular slices, like the big triangles, I feel like people can really clock how much you're eating. But with the squares, they're kind of small. And so you could put maybe two on your plate and then go back to two. And people aren't quite sure if those are like new two pieces or even you can hide them like under some lettuce. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if they have a little side salad, you get a plate, you put two pieces of square pieces on your plate, and then you put a third, but over that third, you put on some lettuce. So people think you just have two pieces and some lettuce. You can't do that with some triangle slices, but you can do that when it's square cut. And so then people don't know, and you don't feel as bad because you know at those parties, sometimes you think, oh, what if they ran out of pizza? I don't want to be the one who took three slices when everyone else took two or, or one. And so the square really alleviates a lot of that anxiety um, that I typically feel at parties when it's a triangle cut. So anyway, I love when I go to a house and then when they have a nice cake, I don't need a fancy cake. I just need a yellow cake with, I, I like a yellow cake with either buttercream or chocolate frosting. My favorite cake in the world is just like a traditional boxed yellow cake with chocolate frosting. Every year for my birthday, I tell Matt or I tell my parents or whoever it is that's around me, I say, that's all I want. I just want a big yellow cake. And I always say for my birthday, I want to not have to share it with anyone, which makes me sound terrible. But I like the idea of people can eat some, but I just want to be able to eat out of it with a fork. Like, I don't want to have to put my slice on a cake, on a plate. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point is, uh, we cut to Portia. Uh, well, so Marley had this party. Marley had the party, uh, and it was fun. The kids were there. It was cute. Then we cut to Portia at home with Dennis. Portia was looking beautiful. And so was PJ. I'm obsessed with PJ. But I was thinking about PJ, and I was thinking about how hard of a time she's going to have when she's an adult, or when she gets to the point in life when she could go on the internet. Because she's going to find clips, or she's going to be watching The Houses of Atlanta, and she's going to see Mommy and Daddy. And there's going to be a bestiality storyline that's presented to her. And I find that to be very troubling for this young PJ, because eventually she's going to see it. And it's like they keep referencing Dennis's uh, into animals. And I feel gross even saying that, and I don't want to harp on it, but it's like they keep presenting it to us in little nuggets or little tiny ways, and it makes me feel uncomfortable. But uh, Portia's sister and uh, her mom, Diane, arrived. Dennis's mom arrives. And they have like a family meeting about the relationship. Dennis says he couldn't talk to PJ except for on an iPad when they were taking their little break, when Dennis and Portia had their break. Apparently, Portia would only let him talk to Dennis, uh, or, or Portia would only let PJ talk to Dennis on the iPad. And Portia was like, what's wrong with that? It's an iPad. <laughs> oh, I love an iPad. Portia's, uh, her, Portia's funny. She's a gem. She's the star of the show, if you ask me. I love Portia. Uh, but anyway, Portia explains him, and she's like, look, it's your fault that you couldn't talk to the daughter normally. Like, you're the one who did this to our family. And then Portia's mad at Dennis's mom, because Dennis's mom has been sticking up for Dennis. They eventually all make up. That's the end of the episode. We get that mid-season trailer, which features Todd being troublesome. You know, I've turned on Todd this season, and I've been really back in Candy. I was kind of over Candy last season, and now I'm back on board with Candy Burris. 
Uh, but Todd's being annoying with her, and Todd like doesn't want her to act in something. Very interesting. I'm excited to see that play out. Then we have Kenya versus Nini, and it's been alleged that Kenya or Nini like motions that she might spit on Kenya or something. And we saw a little clip of it in the mid-season trailer. I think that'll be the finale episode, but I am excited to see it. Although, you guys, it is unacceptable to spit on anyone, especially if you're a coworker. Like the, I would be livid if I joined a reality show. And Kenya's not innocent because, of course, I think Kenya pushes buttons. But you can't just spit on a coworker. Like that is completely unacceptable. And I don't think, by the way, Nini does actually spit on her, but she goes to do it. And on Twitter, Nini said that she wishes she would have or something along those lines. And you can't do that. I don't know why I should have to say that on air, but you shouldn't, you can't do that. You just can't do it. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. She's a saver. She's very smart. She's not about the show. In the long run, you watch whose children are set up nice in in 30 years. We're losers. She's winning. But how do you put me in that? Why don't you shut up? Are you saying my kids are not going to be successful in 30 years? Bitch, what are you talking about? First of all, don't call me a bitch. Bitch, don't call me a bitch. What do you mean? Take two steps back and take a breather. Hello? Shall we move on to New Jersey? We opened this week in the Hamptons. We're at Jackie's house. Uh, you'll remember at the end of last week, everyone had arrived, and there was this tension between Teresa and uh, Margaret. Again, I think it's made up. I don't think they actually have a feud. I think they're just kind of feuding for camera. And uh, we're all pretending that this is like a big thing. And even Melissa was like, oh my god, I can't believe this. I'm here on a vacation. She's like freaking out. And then also Melissa was doing like some very bizarre prop comedy work. Like she was Carrot Top. Did you notice her with that wine opener? She's like, I need some wine. This is stressful. I need a bottle of wine. I need to get it for me right now. Where's the wine? I gotta open it and drink it because I'm too stressed. This is supposed to be my vacation. She's like losing it. And then she's open in the wine thing and like doing, doing like a bit with the wine opener. I don't know, you guys. They were all attaching themselves to this feud. Meanwhile, Margaret is telling Teresa, she's like, I didn't invite you to the drag brunch, but I brought you a gift bag. Who doesn't like gift bags? And then it's revealed that Jackie has gift bags for everyone in this house. And I just want to say I love a gift bag. I do love a gift bag. Jackie reveals that it keeps uh, it costs eighty thousand to upkeep that house, 
but she makes about a hundred thousand in rent for the year, so she makes like twenty grand on that house. That's a good uh, real estate investment. Good for her. Anyway, uh, they talk a little bit more about uh, the Teresa Margaret fight, and the whole cast literally treats Danielle or talks about Danielle as if she's just like nuts, as if she's a cartoon villain. And I'm not saying she's not. I'm just saying it's so funny. Like everyone in the cast is like uh, Teresa. Danielle's fucking crazy. <laughs> Why don't you understand that? And then Teresa's like, well, she didn't do anything to me. And they're all like, well, yes, she did. And then they keep flashing back. Every episode, they flash back to that table flip, which is an exciting table flip, but they're doing it a lot. And maybe we need to scale back. Maybe we need to scale back. Uh, but Margaret and Teresa, they talk it out. Teresa didn't know who Charles Manson was. Margaret tried to make a Charles Manson analogy. And she's like, who's that? And then, meanwhile, Dolores is just in the back, just supported. Dolores, I'm like obsessed with Dolores right now because her entire role, as I've said last week on the show, her entire role is just to like talk about how Teresa's feeling. And then she also does this thing every single episode. She's like, well, we're old school Italian. We're old school family values. We're old school. We're not the. And it's like Dolores, every single time she's on screen, says the same three things. She has three things that Teresa's not going to like this. She's like, we're old school. Or she says, this is going to be World War III. Like, those are the three things that Dolores says on the show. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Anyway, Teresa storms off because Margaret can't get through to her. But Dolores says to Teresa, I'm glad you walked away before it got worse. There's Dolores just hyping up the fights. She's a hype woman. Uh, but the women all share these tiny rooms at this, uh, again, this house is beautiful, but it is funny to me that these women who are grown adults are sharing these tiny rooms. It was like twin beds or full size beds. And look, I'm not as wealthy as any of these women, uh, any of them, but I still, if I was going on vacation, I wouldn't want to share a tiny twin bed. Like that one room that Jennifer was in, Jennifer's like unpacking all these like Chanel outfits in this very tiny room. And I don't know if it just looked tiny because there was filled with production people or something, but it looked very small, like very, very small. And the fact that somebody, they have to share with each other and you know, they're rich and ordinarily they would, Jennifer would just go get a hotel room somewhere. But on these shows, they're like forced to stay at the house. <laughs> like They would never do that. But uh, Jennifer was just unpacking all this these clothes that were so expensive in this little tiny twin bedroom made me laugh. Meanwhile, Frankie Jr. FaceTimed Dolores and he was shirtless and I just loved it. It was a great scene. I love to see Frankie Jr. shirtless. More of that, please. And you know, Dolores texted him and was like, I'm going to call you on camera. And so take off your top, like take off your blouse. We're going to be filming this. You know, Dolores has got to keep that paycheck. And part of, I think, why Dolores is still around, and I feel like I'm talking so much shit about Dolores, and I like her, but I think a lot of the reason why Dolores is still around is because we like Frankie Jr. He's good to look at. He's pretty to look at. So she's not stupid. Dolores is a very intelligent woman. You know she knows that he's part of the meal ticket, right? Like She's like, hey, Frankie, take off the blouse. We're going to be filming. Whatever you got to do to get that off of him— is great with me. And so I do like that. We're FaceTiming him topless. We're doing whatever we got to do. And Dolores is earning that paycheck. She is. Then we cut to all the women. Uh, they're getting ready to go out. They all look great. Teresa's wearing this neon that I just thought looked fantastic. They do some tequila shots. Uh, and on the way to the restaurant, it was so funny. Therese, there were two cars. Teresa was with 
uh, I forget who Teresa was with, but she was trying to tell a quote about uh, her life. And she couldn't remember it, so she literally had to call Dolores in the other car to ask. And at this point, I'm thinking, Dolores is just Teresa's producer. You know, these women usually have like a point producer, I believe. Forgive me if you work for the shows and I'm getting this a little bit wrong, but from what I understand, the women on these shows, they have their producer. So, for instance, Teresa probably has a point person uh, that's a producer on the show that is like her main producer. And at this point, I think that's Dolores, because she's just calling Dolores, like, what's that quote? And then Dolores has got to tell her. Dolores' whole job on the show is to back up Teresa. And I'm like, is she just a, a PA right now? Like, what is going on with Dolores? Then we cut to dinner. Uh, Joe called, Joe Giudice called at dinner. And at first, I didn't believe he was on the phone. I was like, looking at the phone, it didn't seem like a real thing. And I feel like it was added in post or something. Because Teresa was like pretending to be on the phone with him. And it just, it felt like bad acting to me. And that's happening a lot on these shows, and I'm very frustrated by it. But I feel like we're getting a lot of bad acting scenes. And I don't know if it's just like what they call pickup shots, which is where uh, they have to reshoot scenes because they missed some uh, lighting or there was an issue with sound or something like that. But I am finding that we're getting a lot of these scenes on all the shows that are kind of actory. And none of them are good actors, so I'm not buying any of it. But this moment where Teresa was pretending to be on the phone, I didn't buy it. But then we did hear a little bit of it, so that was good. Joe asked Dolores if she could introduce Teresa to a doctor, which was interesting to me. And Dolores was like, no, no. But I wouldn't mind seeing that storyline. I want Teresa to just find someone good. Uh, then at this dinner after the phone call, Margaret and Teresa officially make up. Then they talk about Teresa. Teresa insinuates she might get a divorce. The women talk about prenups. Jackie says she signed a prenup. And then Jennifer goes on this tirade about Jackie's finances. And it's a lot. Jackie asks about stocks. And she's asking so many questions. And Jackie's rich. And Margaret is getting frustrated by these questions. Margaret eventually says, I'm going to tell Jackie to read her fucking bank statement so Jennifer stops. <laughs> I love Margaret. That one scene, I don't remember if we if it already happened, but that one scene where Margaret was just like in the hat. She's always in a towel wrap. She's always fresh out of the shower. And I love that she just is always on camera, just fresh out of the shower with a towel, her hair wrapped in a towel and a robe on. You know, she is a, she's got a taste for luxury. <laughs> In the words of Sony Morgan, Margaret's got a Margaret's got a taste for luxury, and luxury's got a taste for her. Uh, but she is always in that robe, and I like it. I like it. But so uh, Jennifer's just going on and on about the finances. Then the next day, we see Melissa makes breakfast. This is this breakfast scene. That's when Dolores is doing that same thing. Jackie does not come from an old school mentality, but I like her anyway. It's like, we get it, Dolores. Anyway, Melissa says that Jennifer is like a Veruca Salt from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And I think that's spot on. I think it's spot on. And then Melissa makes this huge big breakfast, and Jackie eats puff quinoa chips for breakfast. And Margaret worries about the eating disorder, and it is hard to watch. And I've said before how much I love seeing it, because I think it's important for us to see these things. Um, but that doesn't mean it's any less hard to, to see her doing these little things, um, which is what people do when they're in the throes of an eating disorder. Anyway, I do think 
that. This was the moment in the episode where I thought, we kind of need Danielle. Like, don't we? We kind of need her. I'll be honest. And I think if we don't have Danielle back, because of course Danielle, um, quote unquote, announced she's leaving. Uh, I think if we don't have her back, we need someone else that's messy because I'm feeling like we're missing a messy presence. And I notice when they're all together, they get in these fights, but they're kind of like a little bit boring without Danielle. Or maybe the fights with Danielle are just so dynamic that I find the other ones boring. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure. Uh, but then uh, we cut to the cast talking about how Joe Giudice talks to Teresa. And they are all saying, like, Teresa should move on because, uh, you know, she's not going to take his shit anymore. If he comes back, she's not going to take the way he talks to her anymore. And they show us this montage of him telling her to shut up and calling her the C word and all of these horrific things. And it was a good reminder that I hate Joe. Like, I, It was a real good, clear reminder of like, oh, I hate this guy. Because I feel like ever since he joined Instagram, Joe Giudice, he's kind of had this like cuddly presence or something, or he's presented himself in this like newfound way that people are really vibing with him. And it was a good reminder, like, no, he's been a real a-hole to Teresa. And I don't like that. And maybe he's changed at first time in, in the clink. But do they call it the clink? Is jail the clink or is prison the clink? I'm not sure. But the point is he was in the clink. He clinked in the clink. And he just said really horrible things. And Dolores, meanwhile, was like excusing it. She said something like, "If uh, that's just the way people talk when you're old school. She said, if I had a dollar for every time I was called the C word, she's like, I'd be rich. And it's like, that's not a good thing, Dolores. I'm glad Dolores is seemingly learning a little bit uh, that it's not okay for anyone to talk to anyone like that. Anyway, eventually the women all go shopping. They split up, and Margaret shops with Jennifer, uh, and then the other women shop. And Margaret and Jennifer talk about this birthday party that Jackie had thrown for the kids. And Jennifer gets really upset that the birthday party for the kids was a pizza party. Again, you know how much I love a pizza party. Uh, but Jackie is uh, shading it, or I'm sorry, Jennifer is shading this birthday party and saying that they should have had more food for adults. And then Jennifer reveals, which we saw the footage, and I think we even saw it a few weeks ago, but we saw the footage again of Jackie and those gift bags at the children's birthday party. And this, I did have a little bit of a, like, (laughs) it did make me cringe a little bit when Jackie pulled out those Amazon boxes and told the kids to grab a gift bag. I don't know why that made me cringe. And I don't want to. That it feels snotty of me to cringe about that. But I did sort of side with Jennifer about that one. Not the other stuff that Jennifer was upset about, but I did side with her about those gift bags in the Amazon box. I just thought to myself, you know, maybe Jackie just take them out of the Amazon box. It's fine to throw them on the driveway or something and tell them to grab them. Something about that Amazon box. Maybe it's because at my house all the time I have at least ten Amazon boxes at any given moment. Just <laughs> like. Because I'm always waiting to take it out to the recycling, you know, but we they just like pile up. And it's really something that I need to look inward about because I always have these Amazon boxes. But when I saw them on the driveway and hers just throw them out there and say, grab something, I got chills. And they were multiplying. Like in the words of John Travolta in his least heterosexual role in Greece, he said his chills are multiplying and so were mine. So were mine. Anyway, they get in this fight at lunch, and it was an exciting fight. And then all of a sudden, Melissa and Jennifer started fighting. It was very exciting. Then we got it to be continued, and I was upset about it. I, was, I need more. 
I don't like when they do this to us. Don't leave us on a cliffhanger. We just had a cliffhanger with the Danielle fight. Now, don't do that to us again. Don't do that shit. In the words of Dorinda Medley, don't do that shit. Back that shit up. Back that shit up and show us the whole thing. I was upset. That's the episode, though, you guys. That was it. Uh, I didn't think either of the episodes this week were all that exciting, and I hate that I didn't, but it's just the way it is. But we did have some very thrilling weeks previously with all the fighting going on, and so, you know, we're bound to have a couple boring weeks. It is what it is. Anyway, thank you all so much for uh, coming on this journey with me. (laughs) Thank you all. If you want to get tickets to the live show, again, just a handful are left for San Francisco, Chicago, and Dallas. The other cities are all completely sold out. So if you want to get those tickets, go to everythingiconic.com. At the top of the page, there's a link for live shows. You can also look in the episode description. There's a link to get tickets to the live shows. Again, just a very small handful left. I can't wait for them. I'm very excited. And then what else? Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter and Instagram. If you want one of the t-shirts, go to everythingiconic.store. Everythingiconic.store. Matt's going to be adding some new t-shirts over there. I believe uh, he got a Queen Icon Legend shirt finally, which I'm very excited about. So check those out. And if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash everythingiconic. If you click become a patron, you could donate $4 more per month get access to the bonus episodes. And more importantly, you're just supporting the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Finally, go buy Fancy AF Cocktails if you want a Vanderpump Rules cocktail book. I was the co-author on it, and it's a fantastic cocktail book. It's a great coffee table book, something to put at your bar, and there's wonderful recipes. We worked really, really hard on it, so I hope you'll pick that up. Uh, And also buy Jessica Simpson's open book, because we're going to be talking about it on the podcast, whether you like it or not. Hashtag Jessica Thursdays. And with that, let's do our little cool down. So let's uh, take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Take another deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. And look, I'm talking about books a lot. Maybe just this week, find a book that you are interested in. I always find reading to be really relaxing. So maybe find a new book and dive right in. I don't know. Uh, let's... Uh, uh, happy, I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And uh, I love you all so much for listening. Now let's play our, play our little cheesy outro music and, and bid our adieu. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 